another episode of Those Three Dudes. I'm John. And tonight it's just the two of us, because Dave is... We don't know. No. <laughs> I, I know he was working on his chicken chicken coop most of the day. Look for his OnlyFans page. Yeah, look look for his OnlyFans. He isn't telling us the full story, I don't think. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, John, how's your week been? Busy. We had a new forklift coming on Tuesday. We had to be trained on. And we had a few other things that I can't talk about. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm not going to expect you to. Yeah, nah. I like my job. <laughs> hey, there's a reason why I don't talk about the company that I work for, so. Yeah. Yeah. That. Brown pants. What was that? Brown pants. Brown pants. Yeah, exactly. That's what my pants look like after I shit them. (laughs) They're brown. Yep. (laughs) My work provides us with, like, white pants, but we have to make them brown ourselves. Takes a couple of days. (laughs) Takes a couple of days. No, it it was, it's been, it's been a busy week for me, too, and I'm still getting over this, this shit that I've. So if I cough, I apologize in advance. Hopefully my audio is sounding good today because (laughs) for some godforsaken reason on the video, it always seems to sound fine. But on the audio side, it never, it's always, I don't know, messed up. It's super low and I can't bring up my gains You, you are hearing the sound of my voice. <laughs> <clears throat> um, and I would like to point out, and by the way, I'm sorry to all of our uh, Twitch followers. We aren't on Twitch tonight because Dave is not on. But um, if, if we were live on Twitch, you'd be able to see my wife's uh, new fold card that she just got, um, <clears throat> which is a Visa debit card, which any of you that are not aware what fold is, it's pretty much like a prepaid Visa debit card. They, they're coming out with like an actual credit option also uh, called the Spin Plus. But uh, the nice thing is like you install the app on your phone and you can fund this card in a matter of like seconds from your bank account. And the cool thing about that is you get Bitcoin back on every purchase that you purchase with it, not purchase with Bitcoin, but when you use the card, you get Bitcoin uh, Satoshis uh, for every purchase that you make. And then you get the option of, <coughs> well, they have this little contest wheel thingy on the app that you have like 24 hours after you make a purchase 
Like you get an automatic, I, what is it, like 1% back? Like that doesn't sound awesome. Shut off this connection. You get like an automatic 1% back. Um, That's not bad. Yeah, on, on any purchase, but then um, you spin this wheel for chances of getting all the way up to a full Bitcoin for it. So for the, for the purchase, we're just generally a higher percentage. It's pretty cool. I I got one. It's been probably almost a year now that I've had one and stuff. <coughs> and I use it. I mean, I don't use it all the time, but I use it once in a while. So, so if you get a chance, check out, uh, I believe it's fold.com. I know the app is, uh, oh, great. No, I, I believe it's F-O-L-D. Now I sort of want to look it up just to make sure <laughs> before I send before I send people to uh, someplace random. <clears throat> oh. You know what? It'd probably help if I just looked at the flyer that it came in the mail. So. Be careful. So, yeah, it doesn't have any website <laughs> that I can find. <coughs> I honestly got it from a, I, I got onto it from a, refer, from a referral link anyways. Oh, I don't know. I'll post, I'll post my referral link in the, in the show notes, I guess. But uh, you go on there, you download the app onto your you have the option of ordering a card or applying for, I think, your credit card, like your regular actual credit line credit card. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of credit so or credit cards, so I just did the prepaid and I had my wife sign up for the prepaid one. That way, you know, not digging myself into a debt. <laughs> yep. But anyways, moving on. Um <coughs> oh, sorry about that. Uh I am wearing my my uh old Don't Suck Squad paintball jersey with the those three dudes logo on it. For those of you that might watch this video in the future. Um, let's talk about some current events. So, uh, uh, appellate court in Illinois uh, upholds a block on the Illinois assault weapons ban. Pretty much what it was was um, uh, they filed a temporary restraining order on the state for this assault weapon ban and I guess the state challenged it and then uh, appellate court in a two to one decision uh, decided to uphold the <laughs> uphold the uh, the temporary restraining order and I was trying to read 
all the details in on it, but it sounds like, for the most part, they're saying that it was rammed through, the legislation was rammed through so fast that uh, uh, citizens couldn't chime in and all the representatives didn't have a chance to debate the issue or anything, so. Yep. So I don't, I don't know how, I couldn't find anything which said uh, how long the actual uh, restraining order is on it, but I know. Hopefully permanent. Hopefully. Hopefully it just gets, ends up getting thrown out. I mean, what was it, like 90% of the county sheriffs said that they will not enforce the new law at all? Something like that. Well, and gun owner, I think it's gun owners of Illinois said that <laughs> it goes against uh, the state constitution because uh, it, it it wasn't exactly clear and pretty much it made um, any active duty or actively employed or former law enforcement officers and any active or uh, or uh, non-active uh, and retired military personnel can still purchase any assault weapon under the law. <laughs> your, your cat Sorry. is just getting around. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll get it down in a couple of minutes. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> so, your cat there, is it a boy or a girl? It's a girl. Jessie. Jessie. How old is she? Well, uh, she looks so majestic. Nine years. <laughs> John's cat's on camera. Come on. She just wants she just oh. wants she just wants to be the star of the show. She's fine, John. She's fine. <laughs> She's, She's a little pine. For those for those of you not watching this, uh she is attacking John when John is trying to move her off of off of camera. Yep. Uh, you're a little pine. <laughs> so anyways, I'll move on. <laughs> Maybe she'll get bored. Possible. She's a cat, so she might just knock your computer right off the desk. Um, See, now she's going for that right now. <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. <sighs> You're going to regret that later. She's going to pee on you in bed. She doesn't do that. She'll just bite my toes. Exactly. You're going to regret that. Yep. So... I forgot to cover this last week, but so USA Today published an article and 
in the article it quoted it they were quoted as saying is it time to stop saying aloha and other culturally sensitive words out of context and what they went further into the article as saying was saying aloha and stuff like ola uh if you aren't hawaiian or spanish or or latin latino whatever um it is a mockery of their culture <laughs> so i don't know about you but i feel like if somebody came to the country and wanted to at least attempt to speak your language, wouldn't you be perfectly fine with that? And if you greeted, which aloha and hola are both greetings, if you met somebody that was of that culture that spoke that language and you greeted them that way, wouldn't that be appropriate? Yep. So why would saying any of that be a mockery of, I mean, yeah, if I say hola to you, and you're not Latino, and I'm not Latino, am I still mocking, making a mockery of the Spanish language? I don't think so. Nope. I mean, <laughs> and same with aloha. You know, the whole cancer, the whole, which is, the cancel culture is a cancer. Oh, oh yeah. This whole, uh, uh, I don't even know what to call it anymore. What do we call it anymore? What do we call them anymore? This, this whole age of everything's got to be offensive. Hypocrites. That's pretty much what it is. I mean, it, it's funny how many how many Black Lives Matter signs and banners <laughs> I see in you know middle class, upper middle class uh, neighborhoods that are primarily Caucasian compared to in areas that are more urban and I'm not trying to say that that there's a distinction between race in either one of these areas but if you look at what uh, city planners have done over the years there's it's been well documented that uh, Democrats and city planners in general have tried to keep 
certain areas a certain demographic <laughs> and make it harder for people to get out of those areas. And a lot of times that can be race-based. I mean, hey, I have my ancestors came here from Ireland. They were slave, pretty much slaves from from uh, the British to fight in the Revolutionary War for them and everything. Indentured servants. So I'm I'm not speaking from too much different than you know African Americans because of the fact that you know the Irish were at one time hated more than them. So yep. But anyways. I don't I don't even know. I I don't know. Social justice warriors and white liberal. How about that? Totally agree. You know, I was I was at the Michigan Capitol one time and the Black Lives Matter organization of Lansing was there protesting and there was not a single black person in the group. <laughs> yeah, it's just a jerk. Actually, I believe the Proud Boys had more diversity in their, in their ranks in that whole protest than, <laughs> than Black Lives Matter. Yep. <laughs> Not that I'm a fan of the Proud Boys or anything, but yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on, how about the Chinese balloon Armageddon? <laughs> yep. This is what happens when you hang up on those people that you know are trying to extend your our warranty. Eventually, they start sending balloons over asking you about your car's warranty, whether you want to extend it or not. Yep. I mean, we all know that that's what was on that balloon. <laughs> big, it was a big sign painted on the side of the balloon that said, hey, we'd like to talk to you about your car's warranty. So... I just... Go for it. I just want this balloon to come to come over. Let's see it. Let's see the balloon. Oh, <laughs> oh the German spy balloon. Yep. <laughs> I I feel like that's going to be a bigger tease than anything because I doubt it's going to have a beer on. For those of you on the audio version, the German spy balloon is a big mug of ale balloon floating through the sky. As it should be. As it should be. So, seriously though, this Chinese balloon, um, they've, they tr started tracking it as soon as it hit uh, U.S., U.S. Um, 
air space. Yeah, airspace. So <laughs> I I did not know this until today that so it originally went over all of Alaska for the most part. And it almost like followed like the handle of, of Alaska all the way down. Except it ended up going into Canada there for a while. And then it looks like it came back into the lower 48 right into Montana. And that is when it was first sighted by civilians. And that's when everybody started losing their shit over. Now, I do want to point out something. There is a basis for... Americans to lose their shit over it because in May of 1945 <coughs> the Japanese in in World War II the Japanese had come up with this tactic of sending over high altitude uh, balloons over North America to drop bombs on and in May, what was it? May 5th of 1945, there, <coughs> there was one of those said balloons that, now, I don't know whether this is the, and I'm not entirely sure if, if everyone involved knew whether this was what the balloons were supposed to do or whether it was actually supposed to actually physically drop an ordinance. But there was a, um, a Sunday school class in Oregon that was out in the out in these woods, and the Sunday school teacher, who was at the time pregnant, along with five of the kids, happened across one of these balloons laying on the floor of the woods. And one of the kids touched it, and the explosive went off and killed all six-plus unborn babies. So there is, you know, a reason why we shouldn't trust Balloons. Not to mention, I mean, the British definitely shouldn't trust balloons after, you know, the Germans dropping bombs on on England and on London, especially and stuff uh, from mm -hmm. Zeppelins. <clears throat> but okay. I mean, it's been used throughout wars for hundreds of years. At this point, so. Okay. Do you want a little bit of a, a trivial? Pursuit? Trivial pursuit or trivial? Mm. I like either. Pursuit. I, let's go. For okay. It. The balloon was shot down by a Sidewinder missile, <laughs> which cost $604,000. Where if they would have hit, hit it with a 20 millimeter round, that costs $200. Not you're forgetting about the the other thing here. How much does it cost? I I want to know this. 
how much does it cost to put an F-22 in the air over an F-16? Because I feel like there should be something there, too. But okay. yeah, what was tracking this the whole way? Ram-based radar. Okay, that's it. They didn't have any aircraft in the air tracking it. I figured that they would have have an aircraft also. Not that I know of. Okay, it costs $68,000 for an F-22 per hour. F-18 costs $11,000. Okay. Well, yeah, but an F-18 is also... An F-18 would be Navy, and that would be over the ocean. F-16s... That, that's where they shot it down. North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. An F-16 okay. costs... Thirty-six thousand. Thirty-six. No, no, no. That's an F thirty-five. Okay. Uh, Twenty-two thousand per hour. F sixteen C Viper per oh, hour. How much was the F twenty-two? Ring one. Got to go back. Um, ring one. Let me open a couple of windows or a couple of tabs. If while you're doing that, I am going to okay, so... okay. sixty-eight thousand for an F twenty-two. Sixty-eight. Yeah. So it would have been a hell of a lot cheaper if you shoot it down. Yep. <laughs> For those of you that are on the audio side, you didn't just see the video that I played the video of the F-22 shooting down the balloon. But here's the other thing. Okay, so the balloon checked out how many, because it's obvious that they were able to somewhat steer the balloon because... Mm-hmm. There, there's no way that, yeah, it was on wind current, but at the same time, there's no way that it could precisely steer it, like, or the, go where the wind current is. Yep. Yeah. So, what all, I mean, what all in Alaska, what all military bases in Alaska did this thing check out? We know that it went over... The missile silos or the missile fields in Montana. And the U.S. let it go all the way out to ocean. So all the way over the pretty much the continental U.S. Um, I mean, not every state, of course, but it, it floated all the way over the United States um, before they shot it down. And their reasoning was they didn't want it to 
fall on anybody or hurt it. Like they didn't want any anyone to get any civilians to get injured. But how big was this balloon? And three Graham buses. And how densely populated is Montana now? A lot, I think. No, no. Densely populated? Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, sparsely populated. I believe Montana is one of those states where if you're driving in the winter and you see somebody broken down, I believe it is a requirement by law for you to stop and offer assistance so they don't die of exposure. I know in the Dakotas, both the Dakotas, I believe, are. I know at least North Dakota has that law. I believe South Dakota is the same way. Here's something. They're saying there is a second balloon over Latin America. Yep, I saw that last night. So is it checking out our bases down there? Because we've had lots of stuff down there over the years too I cannot find how many bases that flew over but I mean why the hell did they let it go all the way over the continental US I mean I could understand not shooting it down like once it hit like Kansas or something like that um, because there is more population to that but over Montana or hell why the hell didn't they shoot it up, shoot it down over Alaska where it went over the whole state because the Democrats are kissing the Chinese ass pretty much us. Let's let's let them collect all the information they can. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, it didn't make it back to China, so they didn't get anything. Oh, yeah, that's the way it works nowadays. <laughs> yeah, a lot of crap. So yeah, that that's some fun fun current events. <laughs> um, yep. So, John, what do you have for us today? Okay. Today it's not about Australia. It's about our 60-day... Yeah. (laughs) It's about the New Mexico 60-day legislature, where they make new laws, pretend ones. I'm going to rant and rave... One rep, Democrat, of course, wants to ban all magazines that hold 10 rounds or more. Just ban them outright. So there goes every... Standard magazine. Standard. Semi-auto, pump action, lever action, handgun, rifle, shotgun. Gone. Also, they want to 
make it illegal to own any semi-auto firearm. Plus, they want a 14-day waiting period for when you buy a firearm. Plus, they want to ban suppressors, NFA firearms, and bulletproof vests. Plus, if you're under, if you're between 18 and 21, you can't buy any so-called assault weapon, which is just pure bullshit. You've got young adults in the military that that are using full auto. Yeah. Okay, that's my short rant. <laughs> no, it is understandable. I mean, you got out of Australia and moved to the U.S., and now they're trying to pull the same shit in the U.S. Yep. Australia. Where now in Australia, it's illegal to own a bolt-action rifle that resembles a scary black rifle. So, And also, they, they're wanting a firearms registry. In Australia. I thought they already did. So did I. But that's what I read. I'll have to look into it more. Or maybe they want to somehow enforce the current one or something. Well. (laughs) I thought Australia, I thought there was like a mass um, uh, non-compliance to something no, no, because when you go to buy a firearm, well, yeah, but like existing you, firearms on this law came in twenty plus years ago, so it's possible, but most of those firearms, you know, like they'd be bold action, lever action. Pump action, because there were no so-called assault weapons back then. I'll have to look into it. Back, like they hadn't made it to Australia by then, because I mean, 20, 20 plus years ago, we had them. It's just twenty twenty. Not years- that I know of. What was it? It was 2001 that our assault weapon ban sunsetted. It was back in the 90s, I think. I'd have to look into it. Because I remember some, I remember when Australia did some huge um, gun ban. Yep. I thought that was like early 2000. No. It was in the 90s? I think so. That was the... <sighs> was a guy with a firearm that shot and killed... I think it was 10 or more people. Uh off the top of my head, I can't remember, but I'll look into it.
1996. Yeah. Being on semi-auto and automatic weapons. Oh, wait. Nine nine six. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, okay. Ah, screw that. <laughs> yep. What year was it that you came here? Two thousand seven. And now, I mean, you don't have any, anyways, because they all got lost in a boating accident. No, the aliens took them on. Well, that's right. I forgot your location. Yep. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I forgot. First with the probe. I might need a few hours from Roswell. <laughs> First the probing, now the the weapon stealing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So Today, I, <coughs> or this week, I was sort of torn on what I wanted to talk about uh, for my for my segment. Um, I had thrown it up in the Discord asking whether anybody had anything specific they wanted me to talk about, and uh, nobody actually said anything about what they wanted me to talk about because it turned into a big discussion over... Uh, Dave and his chickens, um, which, by by the way, uh, um, <clears throat> Nick, my old buddy Nick, uh, he uh, gave Dave some good pointers on his uh, chicken coop and stuff. So, uh, <coughs> anyways, so I wanted to talk about, I was going to talk about with the ice storm that just went through Texas last, was it last week or this week? Whichever. Ice storm that went through and the fact that, you know, a lot of people as preppers, preppers or survivalists um, uh, get into this rhythm of, we, we end up reading like, prepper fiction or prepper porn as some of us call it which uh, generally is you know end of the world as we know it shit hits the fan um, apocalyptic complete Orwellian I shouldn't use that as an example because we're living in an Orwellian state at this point but um, just just end of times and they they get so fixated on it and they try to gear their preps towards, you know, EMPs and nuclear holocaust and, like, full collapse of the system and everything else. And they neglect all these little, little fine points. And the problem is it's the little fine points that you depend the most on, and it is the most common disasters that that are going to happen to you that are going to exploit these weaknesses. 
which would be, you know, like your natural natural disasters, your weather, um, so like flooding, flash flooding, uh, fires, uh, snowstorms, severe thunderstorms, tornadoes, hurricanes, um, and then stuff like medical emergencies in the family, a death in the family, uh, just a random car accident, and sometimes just loss of power for more than one day. And these are things that every prepper, every prepper should be focused on basic preps to handle these emergencies. Because if they ever plan on handling anything that they might read and fantasize about in prepper porn, if they're prepping for those, they should be prepped for this. They should be prepped for the thing that strikes all of us at some point in time. There's none of us that will ever escape any one of those issues. We're all going to have somebody die in our Either it's us or a close family member. We're all <coughs> going to generally have some point in time where we lose power um, or lose the grid for not an extended amount of time, but even just for like a day or two. Uh, a lot of us are in tornado zones. A lot of people go through house fires and other other massive disasters like that that just singles a family or an individual. And you should lock up your preps on that stuff before you start worrying about uh, the Chinese balloon EMPing us and killing us all. You should be more focused on making sure that you have the basics taken care of. Do you have toilet paper? Do you have enough toilet paper? Do you have enough food in your house if you can't leave the house for a week? <coughs> I mean, thankfully, we just came through, you know, a big scandemic that some people took so seriously that they would not leave their house if they had a cough for two weeks. If they yep. coughed one day, they wouldn't leave the house. And this brought some of some people you know, that would always call us us preppers or preparedness people, you know, the crazy tinfoil hat. Um, they, they stopped looking at us as being insane and would actually go and say, hey, you know what, maybe my neighbor over here who, who always buys a lot of groceries, even though there, there's three of them in the house, that's putting away some of their groceries for a really bad day, maybe they're onto something. Maybe I should stock up and get a week's worth of food or a couple weeks' worth of food in the house. <coughs> but still, there's still people out there that drag their feet over this. I mean, the, the amount of people that I've seen post on social media, oh, I'm ready for the hurricane, and they have their little charcoal grill and they got a whole bag of charcoal and just some like TV dinners that somehow they think they're going to cook on their charcoal grill inside the house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, 
Anyways, just just figure out what you're doing and practice the stuff before you have to ever need it. You know, have you ever tried boiling water on a gas grill? I don't mean a gas stovetop. I mean a gas grill, barbecue grill that people have out in their out on their deck or out their back door. Have have you ever tried that to see how how easy it is to boil a simple cup of water, eight ounces of water on a gas grill? I'll tell you, you really should try that once. You know, you should time that. But make sure if you time it, make sure you're timing it by the hours because you're going to need that. <laughs> um, I mean, test out your prep. That, that's one of the biggest things. people uh, Don't automatically assume that, oh, hey, yeah, I got, I got flour and I have yeast and I'm going to bake bread. Hell, one of the big bread shortages that happened during COVID, I thought it was funny because people were buying every type of flour that was on the shelves, and yet the yeast section was completely full. I mean, I can understand if you're making flatbread, but do you know how to make flatbread? I mean, there's some skill that's required in all of that, too. So (coughs) That's my little rant over that. Next, I wanted to talk about And this is something that I can speak from experience. You know, yes, I, I, our family tries to be prepared. And the biggest thing is, while you're prepping, it's always good to make a list of inventory of your preps. Um, the big thing that, I mean, the, the thing that we, figured out we were missing or all out of was nonstick um gauze pads you know i hate those things normally but like the gauze pads that have like the <coughs> the teflon coating over both sides so they don't stick to wounds especially like oozing burns and stuff um yeah turns out we're all out of those right now i mean we know how to make do um with Vaseline and, and coating coating it with Vaseline and sticking sticking the gauze on that and stuff. But um, you should definitely keep an inventory of your preps and keep it updated. <coughs> so that way you know what you have on hand. This is another way of avoiding, if you're scared of expiration dates, this is another way of keeping all of all of your expiration dates on your food and medicine all current is to know what you have coming up to expiration. If it really matters to you that much. Um, but <coughs> it also helps out in an emergency. You know what you have, you know, where to find the stuff. Some things that you should keep an inventory on would be your, I'm not talking like day-to-day, but your food, 
that you have stocked for emergency, like your extras, and mostly not anything that's like real perishable. I mean, like more like the dry goods, your canned goods, um, uh, different ingredients, stuff like that. Stuff that is that you can store for long term. Uh, you know, make a list of what you have. And with the food, I we cycle through food so much that when we do an inventory of the food, it's not necessarily like real strict on the counter or on the count <coughs> of the food because generally we eat a lot of the same stuff. So we cycle through it. So we always buy extra every week of it to put extras on back. Hey, John, see, right there's one of my cans. <laughs> yep, I can say it. She at least isn't going to jump up. <laughs> um, but so there's food. Another one would be your over-the-counter and um, behind-the-counter medicines. Like, if you have extra behind-the-counter medicines, um, like antibiotics that you didn't... The nice thing about antibiotics is uh, the government did a whole nice, cool study. Um, it's, been, it's been some years now. Uh, Joe and Amy Alton on their website, uh, doomandbloom.net, actually have a whole article on the study the government did where they took antibiotic, all these different antibiotics that were like 50 years outside of date and tested them to see how effective they still were. And <laughs> most of them were at 50 years outside of date were still 60% or higher as far as effectiveness. So, um, as long as it's dry antibiotics, not like liquid amoxicillin or something like that. But, <laughs> all that stuff, keep like an inventory of what you have. And, that's one that it might not hurt to put like expiration dates on them and stuff. So that way, not not that you throw it out when it, go, when it goes past the expiration, because most medicines like that, most of them, not all of them, but most of them, when they go outside of their expiration date, they just lose effectiveness. So it, it might not be a bad idea to keep, keep it around and stuff if it expires, but you might want to look at the expiration dates and get some more newer stuff when that stuff is coming up for expiration. Um, next would be first aid supplies. Make sure that you have a list of what first aid supplies you have on hand. And make sure when you're when you are buying first aid supplies, don't buy anything that is above your pay grade. If, if you don't know how to use it, don't worry about getting a fucking surgeon's kit from, you know, a sportsman's, sportsman's guide or something. Because if you don't know how to, you know, do a surgical exam on some, or a surgical procedure on somebody, 
chances are in a grid down situation, you're probably not going to be able to figure out what's going on by reading it out of a book enough to do it and save somebody's life. Um, unless you're, unless you know somebody that might have that training, might know what they're doing, and you just have that stuff on hand for them to do it. That's a possibility too. But, um, so anyways, your first aid supplies, water. And now with water inventory, uh, take into account whatever you have for water storage, but also take into account your appliances or uh, fixtures in your house or on your property that actively store water and especially potable water. Um, you know, toilet tank. It doesn't sound appealing, but you can drink the water out of your toilet tank, generally. Uh, your water heater. <clears throat> you can drink the water out of your water heater. If the grid goes down and stuff, water heaters, as long as you don't have one of those, like, um, <coughs> on-demand water heaters, the water tank is generally, you know, 30, 30 gallons or more of water, and... It has a drain cock on it to drain it for maintenance. If the grid goes down, you can use that as drinking water. Um, if you have a pool or a hot tub, granted you have you have to boil off the chlorine and stuff to make it appealing to drink, but you can drink that stuff normally. And if not, if the if the chlorine has already lost its effectiveness. It's still generally fresher water than, you know, drinking out of a ditch, so you can always boil it. Um, next, batteries. Uh, keep, an, keep, keep a count on your batteries that you have in your house available. We have several different types of batteries in our house, including <coughs> rechargeable batteries. Um, so we keep an eye on how many rechargeable batteries we have. We also keep an eye on how many disposable battery, alkaline disposable batteries we have in the house. Um, <clears throat> gas or diesel fuel, gasoline or diesel fuel. Especially if you have a generator, make sure to know how many gallons of gas you have on hand. So that way, if the power goes out, you have a rough estimate of how long you can go with that generator. Depending on whether you're running it, you know, nonstop or whether you're running it like every few hours for like an hour or two hours at a time. Whatever. <clears throat> Which is honestly the way that I would recommend doing it. Uh, hygiene products. Uh, tampons, uh, maxi pads. Toilet paper, um, uh, antibacterial soap, uh, dish soap, um, bleach, you know, uh, Kleenex, paper towel, uh, trash bags, all sanitary stuff, anything like that that will keep your hygiene because hygiene is one of the biggest killers in a grid down situation because. It's disease and illness that kill more people 
when natural disasters happen like earthquakes. The earthquake in Haiti, God, what was it, 20 years ago now, 15 years ago, that, you know, it was a horrible earthquake, but more people died of, of disease and illness after the earthquake because, and exposure after the earthquake because of sanitation issues. So, and exposure to the elements. Uh, ammo. Keep a decent inventory of your ammo. Uh, I mean, I would assume that most people do if they have, if they're into guns or have a gun, know approximately how much ammo they have on it. Um, have have a better than estimate on it. Um, <clears throat> maintenance maintenance items around the house. Uh, nails, drywall screws, uh, scraps of lumber, um, uh, light bulbs, uh, extra fixtures for, I don't know, toilet, uh, light fixtures, uh, bathroom fixtures, faucets, you know, valves for faucets, uh, seals, you name it maintenance stuff. I mean, granted, you don't have to have all new appliances and all new like all new everything to fix everything in your house, but like the stuff that <laughs> the stuff that's going to go bad relatively early on or uh on a regular basis. I mean, I'm trying to think well, other than like light bulbs um Honestly, we go through uh, sink fixtures like they're going out of, out of business here at our house. I think I've replaced every fixture in or every sink um, faucet in our house for each sink at least twice now in the past five years. Not counting the originals, honestly. Um, so... There's that. Uh, the seals. Um, yeah, just just maintenance things. Keep tarps on hand. Um, but keep an inventory of what you have of that stuff on hand. Um, also, with your car and everything, if you have any spare parts for your car, keep an inventory of what those are. Um, yeah. And I think that's pretty, I think I've, I think I've hit all the nails that I can think of. How about you, John? Yeah, it's about, <laughs> about all I can think of. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I have. Uh, let me check real quick and see whether we had any requests on discord which by the way i'd like to point out to everyone that you should uh sign up or join our uh, discord server where you can see john's recently added australian damper recipe that he added to my section in there which is luke's farm and garden section um john has uh his John's Down Under segment. Uh, Dave has Dave's history class. 
<laughs> Alec has his armory. And then we have like topic requests and notable news along with some other fun stuff like just a general chat, uh, Alex, uh, Twitter, uh, Twitter trolls are BS with the BSers and, uh, the bar and grill along with no coal miners, 18 or older, um, sections, but, uh, join in. We're almost always on there at least once in a day. Each one of us is always on there, including the ever elusive, uh, Alec. He gets on there along with, uh, Chris, um, but uh, join our Discord server. Uh, there's nothing in the topic requests uh, other than the balloon, the balloon Armageddon. Um, otherwise, uh, also follow us on any well, follow us on Twitter, uh, Instagram, MeWe, and of course Discord, uh, Float, um, and. Uh, subscribe to us on your podcatcher of choice. My recommendation is Fountain.fm. Um, at least that's their website. Go to Fountain.fm and you can go to their uh, link for their Google Play Store download of the app for Androids and also the <clears throat> Apple uh, App Store Um download for iPhones or your Apple devices. Nice thing about Fountain is you can tip us in Satoshis. It is nice. It's free. I mean, sort of. You have to buy the Satoshis or actually you earn Satoshis just for listening to podcasts. If you're listening to this podcast on Fountain, you're probably earning a little bit of Satoshis every minute that you're listening to this podcast right now. (coughs) It's free to join, uh, or free to get the app. It's free to set up an account. Um, (coughs) They do have a pay account also, which I think the only difference between that and the free one is, I think with the pay one, uh, it will give you an automatic transcript of every podcast, and you can clips and share those clips uh, on other social or on yeah other social media platforms or wherever you want including on the app if you want and people can tip you if they like your clips from different podcasts I mean you can do the clips with the free membership also but I believe you have to actually listen to the podcast and know the exact timestamps for that um But, hint, hint, you can get it and then send us some Satoshis if you would like. If you like our podcast. If not, that's fine. You can also just listen for free and and we don't care either. Um, Anyway, uh, that's all I got. You got anything else, John? Uh, Nope. Okay. Well, until next week, this is Luke. This is John. And keep your powder dry. Thank you, everyone.